Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy romance and romantic fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. <laughs> we have to do the yummy coffee dance. Today is Monday, August 30th. Almost done with August. Amazing, huh? Birthday month is almost over. Uh, my mom said the same thing. She said, now on to the holidays. Um, those of you on video, sharp viewers among you will note that I am using a new coffee cup. Look at it. Isn't it pretty? It's iridescent. It's got all these pretty colors in it. Purples and golds. Um, it's got little Starbucks inside. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. David got it for me for my birthday with a Starbucks gift card uh, tucked inside. He knows the way to my heart. He's very funny. Um, he got me a big fabulous present which I will share. Um, but I'm not quite ready to share. Uh, that's mysterious isn't it? Uh, it, it's a pair of boots. It's an amazing pair of Fluvog boots but it's too early to wear them. So I need to get them like all laced up. You guys will see. I will I'll, I'll actually show you on the podcast. We'll see if I remember to do that but um, I'm definitely planning to take a photo of them because they're amazing. I'm trying to decide can I wear knee high boots in September in Florida or will that just be dumb? It might be just dumb. I might have to just wait for an occasion here. So anyway um he got me all things that have to do with my morning ritual <laughs> which I mean you guys know I am all about my ritual right and uh, he knows this about me and loves me. So all of the little presents he got me were like my coffee cup and um, special spreaders so that I can spread the honey and sunflower seed butter on my toast the way I like to because I was complaining that I couldn't find my favorite spreader not long ago and auntie got me a pair of my very favorite kind of socks that I like to wear uh, while I'm walking on the treadmill desk. I'm I'm almost uh, a little embarrassed that uh, that these are like where I live and this is what makes me so happy but I guess you know he knows me right. <sighs> so how are you guys? Um, so I tried to do words on Saturday and I got like a thousand and then crashed uh, as I rediscover repeatedly over and over again. Could <laughs> uh, I in any other way emphasize that I um, do this all the time. Uh, I can't trick myself into working on weekends into writing on weekends even if I've taken time off that week. Um, it's I just know that it's Saturday and that I shouldn't be writing. So I did a little bit called it good. Um, and then I uh, I ran some errands got some good errand running done went and got my I, I actually had like this whole free day thing going <laughs> because well I went and 
dropped off books at Beastly Books, and I, I'll put a photo on here. It'd be fun for you guys to see. Um, they have a great display of my books at the bookstore. So thank you, um, Twig Delusia down at Beastly Books and and George uh, R. R. Martin for sponsoring this great local bookstore. Uh, it's so great to have a genre-friendly store here in the town. <clears throat> if you're in Santa Fe, you should definitely go by and see it. Um, so I dropped those off. That was neither here nor there. But then I stopped at Starbucks where I had a reward, not my birthday reward. I, for some reason, last couple of years, I haven't actually been able to make it to Starbucks on my birthday. Um, and you only give you a free drink on your birthday, but that's it. You have to go on your birthday. And this year I was like flying to California and then I was on Coronado Island and I would have had to walk a ways to the Starbucks. Which I could have done if I wanted it badly enough. But anyway, I had a reward. And so I got my pink drink and then I went to get my birthday car wash, free birthday car wash, which they, you could use it any time in the month of your birthday. This is how you do it, Starbucks. Um, and then I went and bought my mascara, which I really needed. Isn't it pretty though? Nice that my, I was like down to the dregs of my previous mascara and Mac, if you turn in five packages for recycling, then you get a free lipstick. So I got a free lipstick. So Saturday was like my all gifty free day. Kind of cool. Um, and then sun Sunday yesterday, I did a lot of businessy stuff and screwed around too. So, so it was nice, nice to have, um, kind of a low key weekend and going to hit it hard this week. And I have notes, two things to talk about. I think I could talk about both of these things. Um, one of them, I was trying to decide which one to talk about first. I was talking with some of the gals in the, the Faro, uh, discord fantasy romance. There's a discord for the group, very active discord. If you write any kind of fantasy romance. Their definition is very, very broad. Um, it's a uh, people at all levels and we were talking about marketing. It started because one of the gals asked me when I did the book bub for dark wizard, what category I put it in. Did I put it in fantasy romance or did I put it in fantasy or paranormal romance because bookbub doesn't have both doesn't have a fantasy romance category. And so this is a funny thing. Um, and the answer was, I put it in paranormal romance. I tried it in fantasy a few times and they hadn't uh, given me the deal, but then I put it in, um, paranormal romance and, and they took it and it did quite well. So they were trying to strategize for uh, sort of a group anthology that they're doing at the end of next year. What category should they put it in? Well, and, and this is one of those things that's ever evolving because 
Um, apparently Amazon changed their categories again. I got an email from David Kindlepreneur about it and I haven't watched the video yet, but I should put it on my to-do list because it's going to sink down in my emails. But Amazon changes their categories all the time. The categories that you put books in on like Kobo or Barnes and Noble are totally different. Bookbub has their own categories. Uh, Smashwords has their own categories. And in some ways I think that they do it a little bit differently in order to be proprietary. I don't know what bed that is. Some sort of little warbler. Birds are starting to come through. Autumn heading south abandoning those northern climes. So so it's a weird thing because when you're trying to make marketing decisions when you're trying to decide um, how to position a book for best discoverability it's different from platform to platform. And we were also talking about how books don't necessarily (laughs) there's no one size fits all and it's one of the problems with a lot of these marketing classes that say that they will teach you to how how to use Facebook ads to sell thousands of books and it's like maybe they will maybe they won't because what works for one author does not work for another author and a lot of these marketing people come from from non book worlds they're coming from marketing things from places that are not not books and the thing that we come back down to is is that books are not widgets um we we are not interchangeable with one another. So for example let's say you're selling coffee mugs okay and you want people to buy your coffee mugs and so you say you extol the virtues of your coffee mug and you say well my coffee mug is iridescent it's got a nice square handle so it's very modern looking you know it holds the heat you have all of these things right but there are thousands of coffee mugs out there thousands and thousands right and so you might choose well I like this designer or I like that style or I like this price point but you would look at the people who are marketing coffee mugs and they could say this is how you market coffee mugs and they would be able to give you pretty decent advice right. This is how you sell coffee mugs to people. This is where the coffee mug buyers are. The thing about books is that you can say take Grace Draven's fantasy romances and my fantasy romances and we could both say here are all of the ways in which we have similar books and we have a lot of readers who who read both of our books. We also have readers who read only her or who read only me because reading is a subjective experience and what somebody enjoys reading is ultimately not quantifiable. It's not even qualifiable in some ways. So Grace could tell me how she sells her books but the way she sells her books is not going to work for me because we we're not we're not interchangeable. And so it's one of those things where you know some people will say oh well you know KU is the way to go Kindle Unlimited is how you make a lot of money and sell books. But then there are other people like me 
do not make money on Kindle Unlimited. I, I don't make money on Kindle Unlimited. I might try it again, but I've tried it before and I made so much more selling books direct. Why? I don't know. But one of the things that's turning out to be true is that I think there are very different audiences on different platforms and people kind of pick their digital reading device or they pick their format uh, because they might prefer to read on paper and people who are in say Kindle unlimited. It's a little moth. Dead moth. People who are on Kindle unlimited uh, and subs- pay their monthly subscription fee they will step out of it and buy books sometimes, but not all of them will a whole lot of them won't. And you know, and people will argue with me and say, well, I will. And it's like, yeah, but, but the majority, I think that there's this, you know, vast number of people that we don't hear from. They're not talking on the forums. They don't, you know, comment on the blogs or the podcasts or what have you, but they're out there and they, you know, and they will say, I can't afford to buy books. So I pay my monthly subscription fee. And if it's not on Kindle Unlimited, I don't read it. And I do know that those people are out there because people have told me that. Um, and then there are some of you who have said that you're not in Kindle Unlimited because you'd rather buy books because you feel like it supports authors better, um, which I think is tends to be true. But you know, it's kind of, you choose your price points. You choose what you can afford to do. I personally buy all the books that I read. I have one friend who has tons of money and won't buy a book. She, she has to get books from the library and she's a writer too. And she, she won't buy books. She, and she'll be, and she'll complain. She'll say, oh, well, this book is on reserve for like six months at the library. And I'll be like, spend the fucking $10 and just buy the book support an author. You're an author, but she's like, Oh no, I'm, I just get my books from the library. Everyone chooses their price point. Um, you know, and I, and I know some of this is like platform loyalty, brand loyalty, and the marketers capitalize on that. But one of the things that's really interesting is, is you don't know which books will do well on which platform. And for me, it, varies by series and by book. So, um, I have one series that has just never sold very well. Uh, some of you are, you know, very fond of it and are waiting for me to finish it, which I may do one day. Um, which is the misconnections, contemporary romances, uh, last dance with a prince since last Christmas is how that all goes together. I don't know if anybody's ever noticed. I, they were cute titles. I, I shouldn't be so cute. I should just go with more direct titles, but those books, um, I'm finally, finally in the black on those books, but it took a really long time to earn out those books, earn out my investment on self-publishing them. And you know where they do really well? Radish. They, they do great on radish. Um, they've never done well on any other platform, but they're going gangbusters on radish. Why? Who knows? Uh, but I'm, am tempted to write the last two books just to <laughs> have that complete series. Um, any minute now, right? In my free time. So, um, so that's just thoughts on that, that, um, 
it is an unfortunate reality that if you want to know where your books will sell best and how they'll sell best that the one method that works is to try you just have to test it out keep keep track of your data and just see um unfortunately there's no better formula than that and and you could take the classes and learn from other people's experiences but keep in mind that you're not making widgets um our books are not interchangeable and so it's just not going to work the same for you you have to find what does work uh so and then the other thing i wanted to talk about as i recently judged a contest and one thing i was noticing was and i this is something i've been thinking about a lot i've been thinking about openings and i may have to ram ramble on about book openings for a while because i'm trying to decide you know openings do a lot of work um, probably more work than ever before because uh attention is such a valuable commodity in our culture and so we have to hook the reader but we also need to define genre um and i think a lot of times when we're reading a story and we say i don't know where this story is going it's because it's not necessarily that we don't know where the story is going because why should we at you know reading the first page but we should have a feel for the genre because i think that's what we mean when we say i don't know where this story is going it's a question of am i reading an action adventure or am i reading a literary slice of life um i think we want those story cues and i know that sometimes people want to be kind of artistic about this and say well i don't want the reader to know i want the reader to be guessing and it's like well okay but uh <laughs> do you really really want the reader to be guessing because readers don't like to be guessing um not unless it's not they want to be guessing in a good way they don't want to be guessing in a i have no idea where this story is going or if i want to keep reading it way see what i mean so it's just something to keep in mind um it was interesting reading these stories because well first of all what they seemed to cue genre wise was not what i expected um given the category that i was judging and then i started to wonder how often are we relying on the back cover copy the bcc to cue us into what kind of story it will be because certainly we talk about that the cover should uh cue genre you know that the cover has two jobs which is to snag attention and cue genre and then we so we see the cover we pull it off the shelf or off of amazon or kobo and we read the blurb we read the back cover copy and we're looking for certain things when we read that back cover copy which is what kind of story will this be so so maybe that's fair to assume that any reader who reads your story is already going to have those two cues i don't know um but i'm feeling like the opening of the story should also 
give that cue and and it's it's hard to do but it's something worth thinking about and I'm going to keep mulling this I'm trying to think about what makes an opening a good opening yeah and I'm going to stop there I I'm, I'm tempted to keep rambling on but I won't so I'll remind you all that first cup of coffee iridescent shiny cup of coffee is part of the frolic media podcast network and you will find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts and I will talk to you all tomorrow have a marvelous Monday I hope you go out and do fantastic creative things you all take care bye bye.